T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, here we go. It is Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you. Nick has left the country. He's gone. That's our normal intro music that plays, but sometimes Nick does like an intro. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gone, though. The only thing I mentioned to Nick that I would do for the intro is I, we would get to the bottom of whether you guys are really my dogs. <laughs> because I, apparently I'm supposed to ask where my dogs at. That's right. That's right. That is something that that Nick did for a couple weeks. It just shockingly, Jed, it never caught it never, on. It never stuck. It never caught on. Wait, why is that? I know. I just I don't know why, but it just never and never really caught on. As you guys can hear, Jed Marshall in for Nick Schwartz. He'll be producing for us for the next what eight shows or so. As Nick is in Germany, making his way over to Germany, and he'll be back a little bit after. That I have no idea what that is. You don't get this. Do you? I'm so confused. I'm very confused. Where my dog's at? Oh, man. Bark for me, guys. I'm I'm not going to do that. There's no way. We told Nick we wouldn't do it. (laughs) Not going to happen, man. (laughs) Like weeks and weeks and weeks, he tried to get us to come into the station and try to get us to say it. And I told him I wouldn't do it. So that's just simply not going to happen. Cody, bark. No. I like that it's just this part, too. Oh, God. Uh, a perfect start to win. Nick D- has decided DMX. to do- DMX. Thank you, Jed. Uh, it is a Wednesday edition of the show. We'll get to last night, our toy drive. Really appreciate everybody that came out to that. Uh, a couple funny moments that I think need to be revisited uh, from last night's toy drive and working with Jefferson's and North KC and also the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City as well. Um, last night, though, while we were doing that, there was also one of many listening tours that the Royals are having throughout the Kansas City area in regards to the downtown stadium project, this idea of a ballpark district, the stadium, and of course, uh, retail and residential, among other projects that would be associated uh, with this stadium 
downtown, near downtown, right? They're considering multiple sites. And last night they held a community event in the Westport area, and this will be one of many that they do over the next months, you know, months ahead. Uh, and a couple quick things that we did learn last night from that. So the earliest a vote for this state, because we know there's going to be a public financing component to this, public-private partnership is how they're phrasing it, uh, the earliest the vote could occur is August 2023. So August of next year, that's the earliest that those in Jackson County, those on the Missouri side, would be able to, to make a vote and, and have a decision made on the, the public financing portion of this. I thought there were a couple really interesting things that, that came out of it. Because I think we all know, as multiple times that we've talked about this stadium project, long before it made, it was kind of like official from the team, go back a year or so ago, even two years. I mean, this is not something that came up all of a sudden overnight, was the, the pushback not only on the public financing option, but also the notion that what this baseball team has been over the last six plus years, which is not a really competitive baseball team, not a, not a strong product out on the baseball field. And one of the questions, in fact, it was the, the first question that was asked last night uh, to John Sherman, owner of the Royals, was, why does a you know perpetual last place team deserve a new stadium? Which I think is a fair question, right? The answer he gave was, uh, when the time is right, youth develops, will invest very heavily in team on the field, and that whatever revenue comes from the new endeavor goes into the team. The prior ownership group did that in 2014 and 2015 when they were in a position to win. This, is, of course, is a different ownership group. They haven't been in the position to have that actually uh, – be on the table for them directly. Cause we know that was a huge knock on the prior ownership group, right? For many years, it was right. Hey, they're not going to spend money, right? Cody, the last family, they're not going to spend money, not going to spend money. And then in 2014, uh, once they made the run that they did, they went out and, and spent money. They had, I think the 13th, 14th, 15th highest uh, payroll in baseball at that time. You're banking and trusting that this ownership group is willing to do the same when that time is right. But the frustration is, is your ask like, can't I wait till the time is right? Why do I like, this is a fair question being asked by fans. Why do I have to give you money now when the time is definitively not right? The team stinks. They haven't won in years. So, but now you want the money now, right? And we're asking you to invest money in the team now when they've struggled and haven't been good. What's the difference? Last year, they had the 24th-ranked payroll. They currently have the 25th-ranked payroll, depending on who else they may or may not sign. I know John Sherman was hinting at the possibility of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I've made it very clear on the stance of public funding. So let's just take that part of this equation off of it. We understand why it seems this. But the problem is, is some of this last night to me came off as a little bit of like, oh, come on, guys, I'm totally going to take care of you when this is the case. And there have been long-term studies done. What he is saying, either he is going to do the one thing no owner in any professional sport has ever done, or it's going to go the way it normally does. The biggest problem I have with what came out of last night is this notion that is if, if you make us more valuable, we will take that value and we will directly invest all of that value right into the baseball team. That has, and let me be very clear, never happened in the history of sport. Nobody has ever increased their value by $100 million and then just stuck that $100 million directly into the baseball team, directly into a football team or a basketball team. So when you say that, it's hard to believe. The things I don't think you should fight on this is 
The fact that the team would go downtown, the fact that it would cost a lot of money to improve Kauffman Stadium, I believe those things to be true. I think being in downtown can be important. Like, even if you want to be like, oh, how many seats they're going to use, I told you I'd be fine with a smaller stadium. I don't have a big issue with the fact that, or I'm not surprised by the fact that they're going to do something in the 30,000s. But don't, but also don't try to like sugarcoat things to me that aren't necessarily true. I'm glad that he was committed to Kansas City, Missouri. I'm glad that they're committed to stay in Missouri and all of those things. But there are certain parts of this that just aren't true. You want to spend money and spend your money when the team is good, but it's hard because you're asking us to spend our money when the team is bad. Right. I mean, so the the, the quote that I think had everybody reacting, kind of the, what, what you were phrasing there, which has to do with this whole idea of, like, you're just supposed to trust us, uh, was from John Sherman where he was asked why taxpayers should foot part, of the, foot part of the bill. Quote, we are asking we do this together. You will hold us accountable to deliver benefits on your behalf. We will be beside you with a very significant investment. One, we're still so early in the process. We don't know what that dollar amount is going to be. We know the cost of the stadium is going to be a billion dollars. They're still being pretty vague about it. We don't don't know how much is going to come from the public side and how much is the ownership group actually going to to pony up. That is a dollar amount that nobody at least publicly has at this point in time. But, yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're banking on a, a whole lot of trust. And the, the notion that, well, you guys can hold us accountable as an organization. I, I would ask, though, what are the consequences towards them if they don't deliver the, none. the benefits? And they the answer, have no downside. The, 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 yeah, the answer is that there, there is none. And we know, unfortunately, there's plenty of examples of usually how these, these go. The Royals are not the first organization to ask for public money. will be uh, the last to ask for public money. Uh, no, uh, the Chiefs stadium. will be right behind them. Uh, the Chiefs very quickly, right after. I'm going to go ahead and guess whether it is a renovated Arrowhead, whether it's a new Arrowhead, whether it's them trying to jump over to Kansas, whatever it may be. The good news, as you said, though, from the Royals front is last night there was a question at the very end of the meeting that was asking John Sherman, can he promise that the Royals will not be leaving Kansas City, Missouri? And he said, we can do that. Um, I think we all expected that to be the case, more so on the Royals. Like, the Royals wasn't concerning as much that they would leave uh, for Kansas. That's more of a question that'll come up on the Chiefs' end of things. I think so. I think for the Royals, we all understood that uh, no matter how this project ends up going, that they're going to stay on the Missouri side. So that was nice, I think, for everybody to hear. But that probably wasn't uh, as real of a threat, maybe, as what it is going to be for the the Chiefs. Just some of it don't buy into it's okay to have certain objections to it for a variety of reasons. I'm still fine. Like I'm excited about the possibility of a downtown stadium. You and I have said, I just want him to pay for it. Okay. I understand. It's probably not going to go like that, but also don't buy into this. What I I, lie is probably strong. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's the word. It's hard because you're just like, I don't want to call someone straight up a liar. That seems unfair or at least having that conversation seems unfair. But when you say like, hey, we buy them this new stadium, it's going to help them generate revenue, and then they're going to be able to afford more things on the field. That's that's not true. That's just not how this works. This, this is not how professional sports teams work. They have never worked that way. They will tell you that. That's not how it works. Plenty of teams can afford to spend more now. But they're a business, right? So they choose to spend less in the times in which they're good, and they choose to spend more in the times in which they're good. You could just spend more across the board because I'll, it's not just us from the outside. People across baseball are confused by what the Padres are doing. They're like, how is it that you can afford two, $300 million contracts over and over and over again for the size of market that you're in? It's a choice thing. Sherman has chosen at this point to keep the payroll relatively low. He bought the team in the middle of a pandemic here. It's a weird time to start it. But I also don't have to believe that, look, oh, if we just buy him the stadium, then the Royals will be good again. That's not the way it's going to work. 
And I understand why fans are like, hey, you know, if, if you'd asked this in 2015 or 16, people have been ready to roll, right? No problem. It's just a weird time to be asking because you spent the last four years losing an average of 95 games a year. Look, I think the the tours that they're doing, of course, in trying to get public input, right, uh, which in letting people voice their opinions and concerns, valid concerns about the project, I think the reality is I think we, we still know what the end result is. No matter, no matter, the no matter stadium will be downtown the, the Royals, and it will Royals be publicly will be, funded. There will be a new stadium near or downtown in Kansas City, Missouri for the Kansas City Royals. And that is something I think you and I both feel very confident. Everybody should feel confident saying. And it does, like, you may have plenty of disagreements with how it goes about happening and where the public financing piece comes to play. But like by 2028, they will be playing downtown baseball. I agree. I just want you. Yes, like, but it's like the, I, but I also don't think it's unfair to like see some of the questions or any of the other things that come up right through city infrastructure or the other thing like, Hey, why can't we just improve public transit or why can't we fix that? You know, like there are other problems city has, there's always more money that needs to be spent elsewhere, but major metropolitan areas. This is one of the things they also deal with new airports, new stadiums, those new stadiums, believe it or not, because of how big a business sports are gold, new stadiums are a part of a big city's infrastructure plan. Like a long-term plan for a city includes these type of projects. I know we, we don't want to. We would prefer that um, they were funded privately, and they could be paid for privately, but it's just not the system as it's currently constructed. My problem is they always try to pretend like you're doing me a big favor, and you're like, you're not. I'm doing you the big favor. Just say it. You're going to be doing me a huge favor. I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It will bring some jobs. We've seen, we've all seen the before and after photos of downtown San Diego before they built the stadium and mm -hmm. after they built the stadium. It can increase a city's downtown. It can bring development. It can move a city forward. All those things are not necessarily true. But there's still way more benefit for you than us. Yeah, and I, I don't think – I think we all recognize that. For the, it's a hard for the thing to say. Part. I and, get it. And I don't – like I, I don't dispute what you're saying there at all. I – you know, I'm pro downtown stadium. We, you and I have gone back and forth on this for a couple of years, oh, yeah. as a matter of fact. And, and obviously I live on the Kansas side. You're, you're someone, you still live in Jackson County, right? Clay now. Okay. So you're, so you're not so even I've in Jackson County. So I've paid for stadium stuff for a long yeah. time. And now I'm in Clay. So I look, I'm on, I'm on the Kansas side. I've told you, I, I, I think the idea of a downtown ballpark, I think is, is fantastic. Um, it doesn't mean that I dispute any of the concerns that, that people have and the idea and how it is set up in this this country with publicly financed stadiums other than the golden state warriors and their new chase arena out there, which was privately funded. 99% of these stadiums, unfortunately are publicly financed. That that's just the, the way that the kind of the system is set up but from the number, for, for, this, for this city though. Like I, I love the idea of it. You mentioned Same. what it's done for downtown San, San Diego, what it's done for go through multiple major metropolitan areas. There's, there's a lot of people that were against the, the new airport project. There's a lot of people that are against any type of change whatsoever. That there, there, there's a lot of things like that. Like if you want to move the city forward, I do, I do believe that a downtown stadium helps this city in that regard. Um, do I think that uh, the public should fit, the majority of the bill, foot the majority of the bill, of course not. But I think we all, unfortunately do know the reality of how this stuff usually goes. Um, and I, I do agree with you on the idea of uh, the renovation aspect, which is, all right, well, why don't just stay out of Kauffman Stadium and renovate? I do believe the number that was thrown out last night from Populous, which is that it would cost as much to upgrade and renovate Kauffman, about a billion dollars, 
as it would be to build a new ballpark, given the age and the way the stadium was built back in the 70s. Same thing applies, by the way, for Arrowhead. There'll be a very similar conversation we'll be having oh, as yeah. soon as the Royals stuff is cleared away. Uh, then then the Chiefs will move forward, and we'll see how that all goes. I still think, and we know the timeline's not going to set up this way because uh, the earliest the vote's going to occur, looks like, is August 2023. Um, I still think from the public perception, you mentioned winning team versus losing team. We know the Chiefs are a winning football team right now and will be for a while. I still think if they wanted to make it a little bit easier on themselves in that regard, they would just bundle the vote together, the projects together, which they did back in the renovation. You know what it is, though, is that from – that's causing problems now, though. We talked about this. From, like, a city getting better standpoint, part of this is it's like we just paid for the airport and now this stadium and then a couple years later the other one. Like, bundling them together was a good idea at the time. And from a Royals perspective, from a vote, but I think they'll get the vote either way. So like I just do. Yeah. I, just, I think they'll get the voting majority because they always get the voting majority because that's how these projects work. And you're right. From just a city perspective, I love it. I love the, you know, like, I love the K. We've talked about this, why I love the K. I'd be fine if it was the K forever. But downtown baseball is cool. I think that they're going to build an awesome stadium down there. I think it'll be a great time to go to. Centrally located is good. The public transit in the city has improved in that amount of time and could get better during that time. It's just, it's always like when you go to these forums, they always, some of the the phrasing on it always makes it seem like they're doing you a big favor. You're like, that's, I mean, you know, that's not exactly how this is working here. You, you know, because like you've said, on one end, there is zero risk. None at all. Like you just build this stadium. You're the thing you own is worth way more money. You now have these buildings to earn even more money. And as much as it is nice to say, hey, all this extra money, like if you knew for a fact that every extra dollar in revenue they earn from the baseball development project, like the baseball village and the stadium, and they guaranteed you 100% showed you the books, open it up, cracked open QuickBooks and said, look, here we go. I know that the Royals are far too big of a company to use QuickBooks. Although (laughs) recently in the news, maybe not so much. They, uh, you know, crack open QuickBooks. They're like, all right. Here's every extra penny we earn because of this cool stadium thing. We're going to put that directly into the payroll. We're going to just buy players. Problem solved, everybody. That'd be it. Because you know what it is? If he had, to this point, he has not made one significant investment in the roster. Pay one person money and show me you're serious. And by the way, this doesn't mean like Correa. This doesn't have to be a free agent. Pay Vinny. Pay Bobby Wood Jr. Pay Brady Singer. Pay one person a significant contract. Assign I mean, a good was, faith. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, in, in fairness, he was the owner when they gave the extension to Salvador Perez for four years and $82 million. If we're being fair, that that was a, that occurred on his watch. Was that his first year? 2021, right? Uh, oh Four-year contract extension with Salvi was in 2021. So that, that occurred on his watch. So I, I think if, if we're going to point out dollars and, and what hasn't been spent, that was spent under his watch. Fair enough, but just like, you know, but it doesn't, yeah, I guess now that feels so long ago, but it's in the amount of time he's been the owner. You're right. He has made one significant investment. I just prove a little bit, right? Just prove a little bit that you're as committed to this as you say you are. It's hard right now because the team hasn't been good. And I understand why people don't end up investing in bad baseball teams because it's been a successful model to not do that. It's just hard because baseball owners convince you that losing is the best way to go forward when other organizations have proven that that doesn't have to be the case. 
This will be the first of many uh, of these listening tours, listening events yeah. that the Royals are having across the Kansas City, Missouri area. And I would imagine as each one goes forward, we'll probably learn new details. Last night was about, you know, when it could go to a vote, it was about the, the, uh, Sizing, sizing the stadium. capacity, and of course, more questions will come. Maybe at future events, members of the media will be allowed to ask questions. We'll see. Last night, that was not the, the case. Maybe that'll change as these events uh, continue. Let's talk some Chiefs football, though. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to talk about their opponent. It's the Houston Texans on, on Sunday, who now look like they will not have their starting running back, Damian Pierce. is going to be out a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain, so they're down. So their best player is now gone? Uh, yeah, Brandon Cooks, I think, is still going to play. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely their second-best offensive weapon, for sure. Not going to play in that game. But what I think is interesting is all the discussion about the defense this week for the Chiefs, and that is, can, can the defense do anything the rest of the way to get you to kind of buy back in? Because I, I, we were looking at the schedule, and we all know it's the Texans, uh, the Broncos one more time, Seattle maybe a playoff team, and then the Raiders, not a playoff team. So one potential playoff team remaining here in the final four games. So Seattle's I, I, playing their worst football of the year, they too. They are right now, no no question. Uh, a couple losses, they just lost the Carolina Panthers, and they trailed that entire game against Carolina, as a matter of fact. So I, I think because of the schedule, there's no way I'm going to go into the playoffs and feel confident about the, the defense to the point where, where they could have put, I think, everybody's mind at ease a little bit. But I do think when they play the Broncos again, for example, a team that that's, that's where the frustration level has risen again because if it was the Denver Broncos that did what they did against the Chiefs defense. I think if they were to perform well against the Texans, the, the Broncos, uh, and really all four teams at a decent level the rest of the way, it'll at least calm the waters a little bit. But I don't think you're going to believe that, they, that that's good enough to get it done against Cincy, against Buffalo, uh, against Miami, until they actually do it against those teams. Because when we've seen them... Struggle against Cincinnati. We just saw him struggle against the Broncos. I think that got a lot of people thinking back to some of the other years where this team has been bounced from the playoffs and the defensive struggles. So I, I really think it will require them, yeah, playing playing well to stabilize the ship, if you will, before the playoffs defensively. But nobody's going to believe it until that first playoff game, Cody, where the defense steps up. There's two things that I think could occur that could at least reinvigorate my thought that is they're good enough to win a championship defense. I never, and I don't think at any point this year, we ever thought, wow, this defense, as young as they are, was going to turn into a great defense this season. Not that they never had any hope of doing that, but that it was going to happen now. There's two things they can do the rest of the way. One, I can see their rookie corners play significantly better. This is the smaller part of the equation. You know, see Joshua Williams, see Jalen Watson, see those guys get beat less than they have over the last two weeks against these opponents. I understand that because they're not playing murderer's row of offenses over the next few weeks, it's going to be hard to be be like, wow, I'm just bought back in. They're not playing all those tough wide receivers. But if they keep getting beat, I'm going to feel so much worse. The most important thing actually happened in this last game. You want to spend these next four games proving you can get turnovers, then we can have a different conversation going into the postseason. You have been as bad as any team in the NFL is taking the ball away. You want to prove to me that these two turnovers you got in this last game, and honest to God, four or five they could have had in the game? On the play, I went back and watched on the on the replay of the, the, the second and 34. Thornhill's supposed to pick that. He's standing right in front of the ball. He just can't make a ball. He couldn't make a play on the ball. And Trent McDuffie got hit between – he got dotted between the eyes on one. So there were no, – That was like the second play of the game. Or sure, but they, the had, game. Yeah. They, but they yeah. had multiple – they already got a couple of turnovers. They had multiple other opportunities to create turnovers. If they want to like reinvigorate the belief that the defense can do the things needed in the postseason to do it, to me, they want to start getting turnovers. That's the one big missing element they've had all year long. They're still fourth in the NFL in sacks. 
They still have good rookie corners, I think, who can show improvement even from now till the beginning of the postseason run. I understand they have limitations, but from where we were at the beginning part of the season and believing that they could grow, I could still get there if they want to start getting turnovers because then at least they're in the habit of getting them before. They go back over these next four games, get the ball one time in four games, then eh, I'm going to be feeling about the same as I do right now. Don't you think, though, because just because of the opponent, it's going to be awfully tough for people to buy into that? It's good. Like, the, the defense themselves, the players individually, yeah, they probably need that just to But they weren't turning it over against right. anybody. To me, the opponent doesn't matter in that stat. Just for t- for turnovers, you're fine. even if it's picking off I don't care if it's Kyle, off uh, Kyle Allen Correct. or Davis Mills or the random formation where they'll bring in Jeff Driscoll and he fumbles the football because I don't know why the hell he's playing for the Wait, Texans. did you watch the Texans game I last did week? a little bit, yeah. What is wrong with well, you? They, they were up on the Cowboys. It was actually interesting. The Cowboys almost got upset. I did watch a lot of that. Jeff Driscoll just got added uh, to the active roster. He was on the practice squad, and they called him up for that game. He played a lot. They, they got the fourth the fourth and goal stop or whatever it was was Jeff Driscoll running the football. He ran the wrong way on the play. That's why the Cowboys got the stop. Maybe don't let the practice squad quarterback come in for important He was somewhat snacks. effective in the, the – they had three or, different quarterbacks play in that game, I think. do, if you're trying to make sure you get the number one overall pick. Yeah, Definitely but, let the practice squad quarterback yeah. do that. And then trying looking to get, at it know. now, it's not even just uh, – not even just Pierce. Looks like Brandon Cooks is questionable or unlikely to play too. So they're not going to have their two best weapons. It looks like against the Chiefs. So well, I'm right back to the same thing. <laughs> Blow this team out. Just well, bury yeah. them, please. Chiefs are 14 and uh, 14 point favorites against the Houston Texans on Sunday. How often do teams that are more than two touchdown favorites cover? That is so many points in the NFL. Give me some time. I can get you an answer on that at some point. Yeah, that happens in college all the time. Two touchdown favorites in the NFL. There are probably what six or seven times a year that someone is a 14 plus point favorite. That's a big well, the Cow- uh This past week, I don't remember. The Cowboys obviously did not cover against the Texans this past week, and they were, what, what 16-plus point favorites, I think it was, against the Texans this past week. And the Cowboys, of course, needed a game-winning touchdown to, to win the game at the end. I think the Texans, Texans blew it on purpose. I really do. Convinced. They're almost at a point, though, pretty soon where they, they're digging themselves enough of a hole where they almost could win a game and still be fine. Like, they're getting to that point in time. <laughs> they're so bad that they got a game They're not, like, fully there, but they're, the... they got, I think they have a game buffer already Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, the top pick in the NFL draft. All right, coming up next, we'll talk some more Chiefs football. We haven't maybe seen the best of the Chiefs in one particular area, and it's not the defense, I promise. Plus, our toy drive last night, there was one, one moment that happened that has to be discussed next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Just getting started here on a Wednesday. It is Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you. Jed Marshall in for Nick Schwert for the next week and a half or so. That means no Nick's notable notes today. Jed talks coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Also later on today, Josh Klingler 
Of course, Chiefs sideline reporter, host of Fesco in the morning. He'll join us coming up at 1230. We'll talk Chiefs with Kling. I also want to get Kling's thoughts on just the, the downtown stadium project and the ballpark district and, of course, these events that are going on in Kansas City to discuss publicly uh, the options, the, the financing, uh, the locations, and all that as more and more details start to come out in regards to that. But last night, I want to thank everybody that came out to Jefferson's in North Kansas City. We had our second annual uh, Cody and Gold toy drive benefiting the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City. So thanks so much to everybody that stopped by, dropped off some toys, had some drinks, had some great food. We appreciate Jefferson's for hosting us. And uh, we'll, of course, plan on doing this again, again next year. Cody was dressed up as Santa. Uh, the whole three the, hours. The it was whole, hot. The, you were sweating a little bit. <sighs> you were uh, your hair hot. when you took off the Santa hat. Um, Matted down to the top. Yeah, of my man. Head. I had not seen your hair like that before. But there was a funny moment or two. A couple people, listeners, brought their kids. Of course, that's what we 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 wanted as well. Uh, and there was <laughs> one moment where your kids were there as well. Yeah. Which I thought it's, this this whole sequence was pretty funny. This was hilarious. Well, I guess. Um, I hadn't considered the fact that this would be a problem, but so <laughs> kid Landon was very excited. Called me Santa the whole time. Hey, Santa, this is the toy I want. Hey, Santa, let me show you that I can do a backflip. Hey, Santa, let me show you. Like, he was very excited. Like, hey, Santa, I'm going to show you all this stuff. And he's like, hey, are you know, like, this is great. He was very into it, had a million questions. We talked the whole time. And then my kid showed up. And in the middle of all this, he's called me Santa like four or five times in front of my kid. And Ruby looked him dead in the eye and said, hey, you know, that's not Santa. That's my dad. And you're like, why? Why ruin it for this kid? He's just out here trying to live his life thinking I'm Santa. And she's just like, look, that guy, that's not Santa. I feel like Ruby was in the right. I mean, she's not wrong, uh, but it was hilarious. Why is she in the right, Jed? Well, because we know that you're not the real Santa. Just... Obviously, you're just Cody Tap. You're not Santa. So the fact that trying to perpetuate lies upon a young, innocent, impressionable kid out at a toy drive, I think well, that your fine, daughter man. was right. He later asked if I was the real Santa. I said, you know, no, I'm just helping Santa out. He's very busy right. this time of year. Good answer. Yeah. Needs people to help get other toys for other kids. So, so you at least were, you were forthright in admitting that well, you were also, not the Cody, real Santa. Cody was not wearing a beard either. So, I mean, it was like this Santa with glasses and no beard. And the suits are all, the suit, our suit is so big. It's like five sizes too big on everybody. <laughs> Why didn't you keep the beard going, Cody? Well, that I hated would, it. Nobody would have seen it anyway. It wouldn't have. <laughs> In person, you could see it, just not on the camera. Yeah, I don't think they would have noticed it. You would have scared the kids off. What are you talking scared about? Scared like, here's creepy drunk Santa. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely molester style. Yeah, just that's, what that, that's what that beard or whatever it was was. But that was hilarious. <laughs> that's my dad. That's not Santa. Um, so we but appreciate. thank you for coming out and yeah, doing it. We had a ton of fun, awesome. and I know the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City, one of the representatives, uh, stopped by there. They were very happy and uh, with, with everybody's donations for uh, some kids in the Kansas City area. And again, thanks to Jefferson's because I, I know they donated a portion of some of the proceeds as well and, and wrote a check to the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City. So thanks to everybody that was part of that. We'll continue to try to, to build this thing up bigger uh, next year for the third annual Cody and Gold Toy Drive. Uh, let's get back to the Chiefs a little bit, though, because we we've, we talked about the defense there. Uh, you still think we haven't seen the best of the offense, which is interesting because this offense, as we know, has been the best offense or the second best offense for a majority of this season. I So here's it. I understand that the number one offense or have been for a large portion of the season. I still don't think we've seen the best version. This goes back a little bit to what Nick was pointing out um, on this the other day, which is fairly simple. Nick had said, Hey, I, you know, the, the problem why we get stuck on the offense is uh, 
it always feels like they're leaving points on the table. There's mistakes, and it feels like there's so much more available to this team that they leave. Why can't we see them just do that once? And then I started to realize that a full complement, the Pacheco-McKinnon running back duo with Juju and Tony and McColl and Kelsey, we have not seen on the field together yet. We have not seen the version of the offense the Chiefs want to put on the field together, all together, at the same time, once. And I know that some of this is not like what the Chargers are going through, where just Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler just haven't been available at the same time. They didn't have Tony for a chunk of the season. And then when Tony got here, he got hurt pretty quick. And then Juju Smith-Schuster missed a game. And then I thought, you know, needed a few weeks to recover from that. They waited till Clyde was hurt before they tried to really settle into the Pacheco-McKinnon version of things. I don't think we've seen the best version of the offense, which is probably a great thing if you're a Chiefs fan right now because I think when they put that full complement together, it will finally put together the actual plan. Here's everything we can throw at you all at once. And I think to a point, if they can all be on the field together, they're kind of unstoppable. So it makes them more unpredictable, right? That's what it does. I mean, we've seen, it's weird for me to say, like, will they become more explosive? Because again, they're already the the number one 20 plus play offense in the NFL. So that's my only thing. Like, yeah, we we have not seen the full complement, which is exciting. I just think it makes them more unpredictable. And, and that is also a huge positive, of course, come playoff time. Uh, If they have a sequence where they're able to have Tony and Hardman, on the field the same time as Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, along with now Isaiah Pacheco, who's, who's playing fantastic. That that's what makes it more you know more dangerous per se. But sure. the stats is like it's hard to think that they can you know they're they're already where they're I at. I think there is more though. You know? I think there's uh, more than 29 points per game. I think there is yeah. a 32, 33, well, if you 34 point per game uh, offense consistently there. Based on what we've talked about the defense, there's a chance maybe, maybe that's what they they're going to have to have come playoff time. If if the concerns are valid with this defense against teams like Cincinnati, against teams like Buffalo, you might just have to get a straight up. That might be the case. Now the only thing I will say just because the NFL usually works this way. The chance is that there's not another injury. I hate like that. There's not another injury come playoff time with somebody involved in this offense is probably pretty slim. It's not often that most teams go into the playoffs fully healthy and then make it through a two or three game stretch. So I, I also think lo- this I is why they've been to... slow. That's why they put McCall yeah. and IR. This is why they've been slow with Tony. Yeah. I, I think they are trying to do what you're saying doesn't normally happen. Yeah, I, w- I would love, I mean, maybe if, if, let's say, if they're playing wild card weekend, hopefully they get a bye and they don't have to play till divisional round weekend and then they get the extra week in between. And hopefully, at least for one of these games, they got the full complement. But there's a chance that somebody will be missing in the divisional round or the AFC title game or the Super Bowl. Like it's just, it's just, you don't want that to happen. It just usually isn't the case. The good news is they've shown that they can have a number one, number two offense, even if they are missing one of these guys. But I think in the red zone in particular with McCall Hardman, that is still the biggest boost that they can get to this offense. McCall Hardman, what he brings to the red zone offense, some of the, you know, the the talk of red zone struggles, is it real or not? McCall Hardman to me solves a lot of that. And we know he's eligible to come off of IR this week. Uh, we'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes coming up around 11.45, and I'm sure he'll be asked, Andy will, about where McColl is at because if you go back to last week's comments from Andy, he had mentioned that there's a chance, this was last Wednesday, there's a chance that McColl could practice this week. So we'll find out, is he practicing? Will he practice this week? I don't expect him to play on, on Sunday against the Texans, but getting him back at practice would be huge. And then Tony's hamstring, it's another week. Maybe they can get Tony back this week, get them both back for next week's game against Seattle. That's kind of what I would hope to see over the next two weeks. I do agree with 
um, the sentiment that Nate Taylor, if you missed that interview, it's obviously up at 610sports.com. He's great every single week. But when he had mentioned Tony, because we were like, I don't know, man, they just, they love slow playing. He's like, you know, normally, yeah, but don't you want to know if you can trust Tony? Like, I know we had that, like, flash in the pan. It was like, oh, that was fun. Look at Kadarius Tony go. He's having as good of a game as he's ever had. And then he was hurt. But there is some truth to the, you know, we know what McCole Hardman offers. If he can't play this week, it's all right. We know what he does. We know what it is well for this team. And he's got him figured out. He's got a relationship with Mahomes. They've played together. We understand how it is he operates inside this offense. With Tony, we've seen the flashes of how it could operate. But we don't know how it really does operate yet. Well, so, like, the idea the, of getting him back on the field before the postseason with four weeks to go, a month is a plenty of time to get up to speed. I, I do kind of hope that maybe they get him back on the field sooner. And with Tony, it's it's this year, yes, but it's also, like, trying to get some questions answered for next year, knowing that right now under contract, it's Tony, it's Sky Moore, and it's MVS. I mean, that's... If you want to go further down, Justin Ross, whatever. But really, we're talking about those three guys, oh, yeah. right? That, that's, I mean, he's not going to make the I, I'm with you. I mean, that's that, we can have fun with that in the offseason if we want. But it, it's, it's, it's three players. And so you need to know how aggressive do you need to be in those contract negotiations maybe with Juju. Do you need to go out and – Because we know the free agent wide receiver pool stinks. Yeah, it looks like – I mean, as we've talked about multiple times, Juju might be the best available free agent wide receiver in football unless you buy into the Odell Beckham Jr. stuff, which now reports are that he's not going to sign with anybody. According to Jeremy Fowler, there's a good chance yeah. this year and may wait till next offseason. So Jeremy Fowler's this, like, he'd be the most coveted free agent wide receiver. And I was like, come on. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Him and Juju. Uh, we have him looked and at Juju the, it'd be would, him and Juju's yeah. one and two. Uh, McCall be Harmon the, would also <laughs> he'd be top five or yeah, six. Yeah, he would. And, and we McCall, looked at the class, and we're not just saying yeah. that to McCall. It's just there are not that many available free agent wide receivers. McCall Hardman is becoming a free agent at the best possible time. Now it's another shockingly loaded wide receiver draft class. So I'm yeah. sure that they will also be coveted in the first and second rounds of the NFL draft. But still, it's uh, it's a good well, year for McCall to be a free agent. Just to. to- to talk more on the red zone stuff for McColl. So I, 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 we had this stat a couple weeks ago. I pulled it back up. But McCall Harmon led the Chiefs in wide receivers and receiving touchdowns, tied for third in rushing touchdowns with Mahomes, Clyde, and Pacheco. This was before last week. Five of McColl's six touchdowns were scored in the red zone. Uh, so that, I mean, that just tells you his value. In Not McColl for whatever zone. you want. His entire NFL career, he's been able to get in the end zone. That is something he is good at. I know that there might be some like, hey, is there more yardage or better routes or whatever stuff you want to nitpick? He is a good touchdown scorer, especially considering his role in the team. He's a very good touchdown scorer. We'll get to Jed Talks coming up in, in just a couple of minutes. But yesterday when we had Nate Taylor in studio, we were talking about the, the young corners. In the last couple of weeks, maybe the youth has shown up a little bit more as they face some better wide receiver cores. Not this past week, we didn't think that was going to be a problem. Jerry Judy had his best game uh, since he was yeah, at Alabama. Unfortunate. Um, but we learned a couple of things. One, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know that Jalen Watson was dealing with that hand injury. It was an interesting point that I Nate, mean, it showed up on the injury report, but I didn't realize it was preventing him from getting on the field. Yeah. Nate brought up a good, good point to like why that might be the case. He mentioned that the hand and the Chiefs, we know, like to be physical press coverage up right, right in your face. And that's a struggle when you obviously have a hand injury. And so that's why we've seen Joshua Williams maybe play a little bit more. Now, I don't know if that's a Jalen Watson hand injury that he's just got to play with the rest of the season. It kind of feels like maybe that's where we're at at this point. Maybe the, month maybe, left the, regular maybe the bye week is good. Maybe an extra week there. I, I don't know in particular, but that's kind of interesting. Maybe that that's why we haven't seen quite as much of, of Jalen Watson and we've seen more Joshua Williams, which then prompted you to ask Nate a follow-up, which is like, well, then could they be still using Rashad Fenton if they didn't trade him to the Atlanta Falcons? Um, and at the time, the concern was depth. I think when they traded him, we had a conversation I had brought up. I was like, look, Fenton, nobody's saying Fenton is great. 
but veteran depth, I would have still liked to have had him on the roster. I said it at the time. This isn't just something that I'm coming up with today because we're talking about the hand injury for Jalen Watson. Um, that was something at the time I didn't really understand the understand the trade, despite some of the uh, frustration with Fenton maybe in his individual performance. That so I, you know, what's funny is I think it was more frustration with Fenton in his team fit. Like I go all the way back to training camp. I think that trade was just as much about trusting the young corners, but also about the fact that Fenton wasn't getting along, man. Go back to training camp when Mahomes was letting him have it. He's like, we're not getting better. Is because that not getting you keep along doing or is that just competitiveness? You know? No, but I, you know, to me, that moment seemed more frustration than you see out of Mahomes in a normal trade. And that now knowing that they had later traded him, but I understand the notion that like uh, that what Nate Taylor's bringing up because I I you know I was like should they regret moving him? And the reason why, from a play perspective, you should is the reason why Fitton worked was anytime like Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams is just going through one of those games. Like Joshua Williams is just kind of going through one of those games against Denver. He was having one of his worst games as a pro. Judy's beating him up a little bit. He's made a couple penalties, right? Like he's getting beat a little bit. Just just give him a break. Give him a second. Let Rashad Fitton handle the workload. Because Joshua Williams only played about half the snaps. Rashad, you know, and then Jalen Watson only played about a third of the snaps. Was Fint, is he playing much for Atlanta? Do we even know? Like, is he, is he playing a whole lot for the Falcons right now? I was just curious. Like, if uh, they traded him and he's not even good enough to make it on the Atlanta Falcons defense? He has played in two games for Atlanta. Okay. So, uh, he hasn't played since week 10. So short, and he was playing mostly, eh, he played 100% of the snaps in his final game for Atlanta in week 10. So maybe he's hurt. Uh, I'm not paying enough attention now. But anyway, the, uh, the well, yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like we're paying too close attention to that. And also, whether he's hurt or not, um, it doesn't really matter because it, that to me, if he got hurt for them, doesn't mean he would have been hurt for that. You know, you know, like yeah. I always hit this notion to be like, well, he's hurt. So it wouldn't have mattered. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean he would have been hurt for you. He could have been healthy for you. Injuries are weird. They happen. That's funny. Cause that's, <laughs> we joke about the Robert Quinn thing. Cause I had people in my Oh head. yeah. Yeah. Robert, like, Quinn got, Robert Quinn would have been hurt Robert for you. Quinn got traded to the Eagles and he's now hurt for the Eagles. And people are like, see, this would have, so you wanted him in Kansas. I'm like, that doesn't mean he would have been hurt when he got to KC. This is the the butterfly effect. He ends up in Kansas City. He might still be healthy. We don't know. That's not how this works. But it is, it feels like they're a corner short. That's pretty much what this Rashad Fitton conversation comes down to. The Chiefs feel one cornerback short, don't they? Like, I like the talent. I like the talent out of Watson and Williams and McDuffie. I like what LeJarrius Sneed does for this team. But they're short. They're short one. I don't know. If they can't get it now. It's too late. They can't solve this problem now. So the simple solution typically is just get more pass rush. Well, they're still ranking near the bottom of the league in passing yards allowed per game, and they have the fourth most sacks. It has not solved their problems defensively. This is also why when we had a conversation about Spags yesterday, uh, to me, you know, we, we, we talk about the frustrations around that and why I think, you know, anybody calling for his job, one, it's not going to happen, and two, I, I, I don't 100% get it because uh, – you just told me right there that you think maybe they're undermanned a little bit. At, you're dealing with rookies in the secondary. You're dealing with six rookies rotating in on a consistent basis defensively. This is always something I think that has to be part of the discussion when we talk about 
uh, Steve Spagnolo and his defense as well. All right, let's get to Jed Talks. Nick's notable notes. I feel like we got to get the the record scratch edited in there just for Jed, Jed for the next eight weeks. Like when she starts saying Nick's notable weeks. notes, eight weeks. Eight, wow. Eight shows. How long? How long is Nick gone eight, for? Eight, well, he might not come back. We don't know. Eight 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 shows. I have plans over the next eight weeks, so uh, I'm not well, being here all Keep all the those. schedule open. You never know if he doesn't come back from Germany. We don't know. Fair enough. We hope that he's not detained. All right, we start oh, in the oh, world of oh. the FIFA World Cup. Will the Moroccan magic continue, and will they be able to get into the final today facing off against France at 1 p.m.? Look, I mean, no. I, I love the, the the story and the first African country to ever make it to a World Cup semifinal. How can you not be rooting for them here? But I, I, I do want a really good final, and I've become more and more of a fan just of Mbappe. If someone's not a huge soccer fan, but just watch it. He's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He's one of the and world's so, best. And then since Cody I know, Pink, but you and, don't realize that if you and, don't watch a bunch of European soccer, and then you're like, World Cup, and you're like, that guy's great. Well, well didn't you and, see him in the World Cup four years yeah, ago he when he was 20 too. and he was amazing and sure. basically established but, himself as the world's best player? Sure, but we were talking about this with Rob uh, yesterday. It's like, the league he plays in is not televised really in the U.S. So it's yeah. like, you know, in between the World Cup, no, I really don't watch. I, I, I haven't ever watched him. And. Uh, also, Cody picked Argentina, so go France. Why are you rooting against me? Go France. Jed, who did you choose to win? I picked Spain, and they looked really good when they scored <laughs> six goals in their opening match, and then they completely spit the bit. So you and Nick, is that something you guys just aligned with as a producer? Yeah, producers, producers like we, Spain. Yeah, B Dub had Spain. Although Rob, Rob has Spain. Argentina. Rob doesn't even know yeah. soccer. <laughs> Oh, wait, he does, actually. <laughs> All right, let's move to the world of uh, baseball. You guys had talked about Carlos Correa getting $350 million. Is that way too much? I mean, um, for, the play, for the player that he is, is my point. Yeah, I mean, overall, do I think it's too much? Yes, but I, I, I think if you're the, the Giants, I understand why they go out and, and sign Correa, and that's what it was going to take. I do think the number got pushed up. Scott Boris worked some magic because there were some rumors that the Mets suddenly were in at the last minute. Maybe that bumped the price up a couple mil, and that's what I guess he's supposed to do. But um, I don't think, quote-unquote, any baseball player at that deal is, is worth that kind of money. But is he going to be a huge piece in building around for the San Francisco Giants? And Yeah, a- absolutely. I-, I get why they were interested. I think the I, contract's kind of insane, yes. Yeah, but that's just it's baseball, it's the right? cost of yeah, doing yeah. business. Baseball free agency has been big, big, big spending all offseason. The thing I would always be worried about with Correa is, Obviously, when he's on the field, he's one of the most consistent players ever. From a batting average, on base percentage, war perspective, defense perspective, all those things. He is a remarkably consistent player. He's not up or down. He doesn't have good and bad years. He just has good years. But he has only played in more than 110 games two times in eight years. For a player that I'm paying that amount of money, I want more than 110 games twice. I think that he's actually kind of an overrated player. I know you talk about his production, but for $350 million, I certainly don't think that he's worth that. I mean, consistent, yes, but oft injured. I mean, what's your availability, really? So to me, that's why I wouldn't have ever gone near that. Look, he plays a premium position. We know, you know, I mean, like he he plays a premium position. That's also going to to get you in the category where he's at finance. 13-year contract is just wild. You know who else plays a premium position and isn't on the field very often? 
Alberto Mondesi. Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Although he's never had the success that Carlos no, Correa has had. No, he hasn't, but you understand the point. Obviously, I'm using a dramatic effect, but <laughs> the point remains the same. To the world of the NHL, an NHL fan had his fingertip bitten off during an insane fight what? at the Coyotes versus Bruins game last Friday. Would you guys ever be in a situation where you would bite off someone's fingertip? No. No, no, was this the same fight? I don't know, fight? I've talked about boxing. I might be willing to bite if it takes winning. Wait, if we did our charity boxing event yeah, between you and I, on. yeah, you'd have the padded. I'd bite you your have, nose. You what are you? What are you going to bite? I want to win the fight. Biting what though? You're, like you said, the ears are covered. I think in that circumstance. I think I'm left with nose. Uh, Vander Holyfield or something. Uh, I think the the fight you're talking about was that the one where there, there was video that came out and there's a police officer in the stands right there and he just watches the whole thing. Yep. He just watched the whole thing. It's what you do. It's honest to God. They allow fighting in hockey, it. so I don't know why they wouldn't in the stands. Now that you found out someone got their finger bit off, he made the right choice. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. I don't, maybe he could have prevented. <laughs> Stay out maybe of he that. Could, or maybe he could have prevented the guy from getting his finger bit off. I don't know what level of anger and drunkenness and everything you have to get to to bite somebody's finger off, tip of the finger off. I think any time you resort to biting, it's definitely a bad idea. Last one, Mississippi State says that they will not be pulling out of the uh, bowl game that they're going to be playing in mm, in spite of yeah. Mike Leach passing. A very sad and somber condolence go to Mike Leach, but do you guys think this is the right idea? for? They are right. Their statement of Mike Leach would be mad at us if we didn't play in this game, I think is accurate. I agree with that. Yeah, I I think that's if you, based on all the the great memories and and videos and stories that have been shared as well in the last 24 hours as well. Yeah, that's exactly, I I do believe. Put them both in pirate helmets. He he would absolutely be upset uh, if they cancel the bowl game because of him. Um, and so I think it is probably the right decision to go and play. And, yeah, hopefully they both teams, or at least Mississippi State, and I'm sure they will, will, will honor him, you know, in pregame and throughout. Maybe there's the decal and all kinds of other stuff that they can do. Maybe both teams will do something. But, uh, um, yeah, obviously terrible news, as we talked about a little bit yesterday, involving uh, Mike Leach and his passing at the age of 61. I guess we have a little bit more time, yeah. so I'm going to get to one more because okay. I think that this is quite funny and a little bit troubling. So Floyd Mayweather <laughs> – Gave a group of five kids $1,000 each for a Christmas present. A great, very charitable yeah. gesture. Okay. Except for the fact that his name is Floyd Money Mayweather. $1,000? What a cheapskate. What a cheap ass. How many kids? You don't Five think, kids. That's $5,000. You're you telling me? Now the, okay, these were just whose kids? Just, Not his. Just, oh, a, just, random, know, just yeah, random kids. Then that's a, this is what I hate when this stuff happens when it's, I, you're right, he's loaded. I really get upset sometimes when this. I'm, there's other examples of this where I'll be like, "Oh, they only donated ten thousand. Like, stop! Like, I, I, I hate that kind of stuff, where it's like, be grateful. He gave these random kids mm-hmm. are they only five kids though? A thousand dollars a piece, and what we're we're upset? He only gave them a thousand. So by I think it'd have been better if he gave away like fifty thousand dollars, but to a bunch of different kids, just five kids. But that's the problem. Like, that's like, you're never, never good enough. Man. I would give away a hundred dollars to a random kid, and I don't even make a lot of money. Gold, he's. I understand what he's worth. $450 million. But think about that $5,000 that he shelled out, Cody. 0.00001% of his net worth. Look, if you want to complain when someone gets fined a certain amount of money and you're like, hey, they're worth a billion and they only got fined 100,000, that's nothing. That's because they did something wrong. So you can be critical there. When someone's doing something nice and even if they're worth $500 million and it's a a $5,000 essentially donation here, and you're like, well, he could have done a hundred that. Like, he's still doing something. What kind. would you spend it on, be... by the way, if you were a kid? 
Go back to bucks. Alex Gold. How old were the kids? Let's say ten. No. Let's say ten. Ten year old me, oh, we would bought a we would have bought a new video game system and some games, definitely. I mean, that's not getting you to the full thousand. I mean, I guess by yeah, a lot three, of games. Four hundred games. You can get there quick. A new controller, a headset, a gaming chair. You can get there, man. You'd have just been all yeah. all video game stuff, huh? Yeah. That's just been your whole G? What about you, Jed? What would you have spent it on? Oh, weed, of course. At ten? <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> yeah. thousand dollars worth of weed feels like a lot of weed, Jed. How long did that last you? That's like a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you live on the Missouri side, right? No, sure, if not. that helps you. I'm just curious. Now, no, that, I now that Jed lives and has always lived on the Kansas side of things. Okay, I didn't no know. Show. Cody, you're, man, coming up. Technically, it's pretty soon you'll be able to just go right down the street, man. Leave yeah, right some. medical. That's not. Do you have a medical card? I might. Yes or no? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> You've been holding out this whole time? What do you mean holding out this whole time? Supposed to go to the dispensary for everyone? Yeah. Just, it's like one of those things you get, and then you just... So if you're not uh, used use it, it, you do have one, but you don't use it? Yeah. That's but you don't even smoke. That's the weirdest part. You might occasionally eat an edible or something. That's a bold-faced lie. Cody, no, brought in co- Cody brought in cookies to the office the other day. I, I, he brought no, me in I, some I, today. I brought some. Hmm. They weren't that kind of cookie. Could you imagine if I did that and I think you get tell fired. everybody? I think you get fired, fired and arrested. Arrested? If I told everyone... I, well, if you gave everybody a heads up, yeah. Yeah, if, if I just, put it on the sign, I think that that's fine. If you just brought them in and didn't tell anybody, yeah, that that's not a, that's not something that's legal. That part might be bad. I'm not talking like the weed part, but just <laughs> still something. The drug part. The drug part inside uh, the cookies without telling people. Seems yeah, dangerous. That seems a little, little problematic for some people. All right, coming up next, we'll get back into the Chiefs. There's this weird thing going on between Herbert and Mahomes. We'll try to get to the bottom of it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 